Hey guys, Scott Wiseman with EP Adventures, and you're listening to Outdoor Adventures with Jason. So many of the people who have never heard of Buck Fever Synthetics says, try our products. Just try them. Using a product that is as equal to the real stuff, or in many cases, maybe even better, at somewhat of a reasonable or maybe even cheaper price point, why wouldn't you give it the opportunity? Purchase my stuff. Put it out there, use it, see the results for themselves. I feel very confident I will continue to have lifelong relationships with those consumers because my product is that good. Welcome to Outdoor Adventures with Jason. Each week, I bring the world of hunting, fishing, and conservation to you. From the great hunting and fishing opportunities found in the Americas to the dream safaris located on the dark continent beyond. I'll introduce you to those who are already out in the field living every outdoor enthusiast's dream, as well as outfitters and gear manufacturers that can make those dreams your reality. Racks offering the coolest bow hanger on the market. Display your bow with pride in your house, your garage, or anywhere you'd like. We carry most major brands while also offering a custom service if you have an idea or logo of your own that you'd like made into a hanger. Use them to display your traditional bow, compound bow, or even your crossbow. They also work great for hanging your hunting gear, your bags, or hats. Not to mention the design just looks plain awesome all by themselves. A Rax hanger makes for a great gift for that special hunter in your life. Go to RaxInc.com to see some of the available designs or contact us to discuss the custom hanger of your own. For listeners of the Outdoor Adventures with Jason podcast, use the promo code PODCAST and get 15% off your first order. Rax, show off your passion. Buck Fever Synthetics, the premier attractant company, making not only the finest whitetail synthetic attractants, but also scents for elk, moose, bear, and hog hunters. Use with Buck Fever's Vanishing Hunter to reduce your scent and see the difference. Put out Buck Fever year-round to have the animals coming in. It crystallizes in dry soil and reactivates with moisture, and it never spoils. It simply works. Go to BuckFeverUSA.com to see the full line of Buck Fever Synthetics. Make bucks hunt you. Proudly made in America. Welcome to this episode of Outdoor Adventures with Jason. Today, we're going to talk about synthetic scents. I've got the owner of Buck Fever USA, Troy Kelborn, on the line, and how with all the stuff we're hearing in the news on chronic wasting disease or, or that stupid term zombie deer that they've come out with, how synthetics are really a great way to go and the science behind them. So, Troy, welcome to the show. Thanks, Jason. We really appreciate you having us today. This is going to be great because one of the things we learned about in prior episodes is we talked about food plots. Now, being that I spent the last 14 years in Texas, we cut a straight line through the brush, drop corn on it to a feeder, and that's as far as we generally go with food plots, at least where I was at. So now that I'm up here in Michigan, I'm learning all this about food plots and, well, I did do some stuff with spraying for scent killers. I didn't do a whole lot with the scrapes and the scents around attracting deer. So this is really great for me to learn and to bring to my listeners. And I couldn't think of a better company besides Buck Fever Synthetics. So I really appreciate your time. Absolutely. No, we're thrilled to talk about it because you just highlighted, obviously, I know some of what we're going to chat about today, which are those mainstream topics like CWD or obviously as as mass media has made the zombie, you know, sort of deer apocalypse um, frontline news here. And there's so many different avenues that I think many hunters need to understand and also the role that synthetic scents play in it as far as, you know, the actual nature, the chemistry and the biology of white-tailed deer and other animals in the hunting and outdoor industry. 
obviously in the United States, whitetail is king. I'd really love to start off with the science behind the synthetics, not the science, I should say, but the, the use of the synthetics. And it's not just something that you, you dip on your boots when you walk out to your blind for your first time. I'm looking in buck fever, synthetic sense. It looks like you're made a whole line of products for me to use year round. Absolutely. And uh, Jason, feel free to cut me off at any time because I know once I get rolling on this, I, I certainly will talk a lot because I, I'm so passionate about it. Um, and I want to educate others from the point of what I've learned, because you even said it, you know, here in the beginning is I've never really been a scent guy. I've never really been a guy who has spent a tremendous amount of time hunting scent. I've roughly been hunting for the last 30 years of my life. I am a self-educated hunter from the perspective that my parents didn't hunt. My father was not a hunter. I didn't spend much time afield with him as a child. My two neighbors um, both hunted and I was always fascinated with it. And you know, we had a specific way of, of in the 70s and 80s hunting up here in Western New York State where it wasn't tree stand hunting. It was deer drive hunting after opening day. And literally it was big group parties. And really it was about being a field more than obviously killing an animal. It was about the harvesting side of it. So as I've gotten older and I've become more of a experienced hunter and became a diehard bow hunter during my college years, I've really started to focus in on whitetails as far as how they interact amongst each other socially. And that's obviously what eventually, fortunately, God led me to buck fever synthetics and, and has blessed me to be able to take this path and now hopefully share it with other hunters out there. Great. Yeah. Deer drives, I think, are very common in the northern part of the country and was something that we did here in Michigan. Like you, while my dad did hunt, we never actually killed anything. You know, we we would go out, sit there, and my dad was a smoker, so he was smoking on the way out to the, you know, out to the blinds. Right, right. The deer yeah. knew we were where we were, you know, five miles away. Yes, absolutely. I did go to a point where, as a younger guy, you might put a little bit of the doe urine on your boots as you walk in what I really spent more time using living down in Texas where hunting season you were sweating and sitting in the blind was just the scent killer on me. When I'm looking here, I'm seeing that you've got everything from a gland scent to just all of them. And if somebody's brand new to this, like I am, let's say they have a piece of property, five acres, 10 acres, two acres, whatever, and they, they know that there are deer that cross through there. How would they even begin to use uh, synthetics to even just stop the deer on their property? That's a great question, Jason. And it really fundamentally, there's so many different avenues and I'll backtrack here a little bit. Growing, you know, for me growing up and first, I was part of the food plot revolution uh, way back, you know, when some of the first earliest clover seeds were introduced in the 80s to the market. And I broke away from all those drive hunting and, and cigarette smoking hunters that, you know, sort of helped me hunt as a kid. When we I finally got my own small first piece of property, I focused in on the food plot because ultimately white-tailed deer like any big game animal or even small game animal. I mean, it really centers around food, right? Their stomachs. I mean, everybody, you know, if you follow any of the mainstream white-tailed people, they talk about deer being slaves to their stomach. They're also slaves to biology and the whole biology part of a deer's interaction with one another rapidly changes throughout the summer months and the early fall. I mean, obviously we focus in and when you look at the attractant markets and you look at, you know, many companies focus in on, right, food flavor or food scented synthetics or naturals. Certain states, like you said, in Texas, you, you can throw down corn and you can bait. Certain other states, you know, you've been able to bait and, and that's always been a, a big issue of, of, you know, putting out certain food attractants. For us with Buck Fever Synthetics, this is a company that's over 30 years old. It is a company that is one of the 
oldest attractants uh, in the industry that we've been able, you know, to track in our history when we did our due diligence, when we eventually, you know, bought the company. And what we know specific about buck fever attractants is we mimic and our synthetics goes after the deer's natural biological and chemical behaviors of social interaction. And our three main whitetail products that you're alluding to, we do have a forehead gland, which is a synthetic that mimics the orbital and the forehead gland to stimulate the deer to socially mark a licking branch and rub their antlers, rub their orbital glands on it. They'll actually, with our our concoction, they actually will lick the branch, they'll chew the leaves. There's a ton of interaction on that. And that combined with, we call it a pre-post synthetic blend. And actually we've you know played with that formulation a little bit for the future here coming up. We're splitting that into two formulations because we really see the market and people want the early season, especially with introduction of game cameras, they want the early season photos. But we also have, have added to it to make it a little better at the post phase. Those two of our products really kind of anchor our whitetail system for mock scrapes, but also as we can talk about here, you know, scent wicks, drag, you know, on the bottom of your boot, et cetera. And then we also, obviously we have our rot blend. Okay. Yeah. I was seeing there's three, there's the forehead, the pre post, and then the rut. So you really using those three, you're pulling the deer in starting, I mean, starting as early as you start to put it out. Yeah. As long as you keep something out that will attract them, you know, one of those three cents, you're, you're covering the whole bell curve, so to speak. Without a doubt. And it really truly is a year round system. And this is kind of the re-education. Um, and I spent years actually in education before I, I jumped sort of feet first into the mainstream part of this industry over the last few years. And it's an education for people understand deer communicate all year long and hunters really only want to focus on typically scents and attractants during prime time of maybe, you know, late September, October, November. Um, and that's just the way the market and the industry has, has catered to the scent. But the reality is deer socialize in these scrapes. And, you know, I mean, I jokingly laugh and say, hey, you know, you woke up today. I woke up today. We both urinated and took care of our business and we go about our day. And we do it in the same spot in our homes every day. That's our dedicated spots, right? Well, deer do that, too, in their home geographic regions. You know, they have those spots. Troy Pottinger, who is one of Buck Fever Synthetics pro staff out of Idaho, is a guy we can talk a little bit more about, too. You know, he is... Uh, a person who is doing the unthinkable. He's in Idaho. He's hunting public land, 100,000 acres plus, And he, in northern Idaho, is consistently harvesting 150 to 2-inch, 200-inch whitetails in a region not known for whitetail. And he's doing it and has been doing it for over 15 plus years or 20 plus years using buck fever synthetic. And it's it's due to the fact that, yeah, we do cover the gamut and the spectrum of whitetail social behavior, specifically with our forehead gland and what we, you know, is seen in the catalog and on our website now is pre-post that will here eventually be renamed because, as I said, we're starting to mess with those formulations. And a lot of people always say to me, hey, what I see this, it says pre-post and I see there's a, a buck on the bottle with his nose kind of in the dirt. Is this a doe urine? Is this a buck urine? I mean, there's so many questions. So for our marketing is obviously we've acquired this company just last year in July. We are, you know, kind of remarketing and, and also messing with formulations to enhance and then create a simpler system so that uneducated hunters or people who are not scent users can realize, yeah, we can use this stuff year year round. I mean, it's actually, you know, it's Saturday morning here and I was actually out, you know, mocking up some of and refreshing some of my scrapes with my cameras now here in mid-March in the Northeast just to do a deer inventory and to consistently 
constantly keep pattering my deer to these locations. Oh, okay. I, I have my piece of property and I, I come in and I, I buy, just to keep it simple, I buy a bottle of each. Yep. So I would start to spray that forehead gland on a, on a tree, a low-hanging branch, something that the deer is easily going to easily gonna scent out and smell and be able to Correct. reach. Yep. Would I start with, would I start also putting some of that pre-post rut out as well? Yes, yeah, absolutely. So the, the two anchors here to really, to the entire system are the forehead gland and our pre-post, which is a green labeled bottle. And what it is, is as a hunter, if you have your piece of uh, your land where you're hunting, and again, you have to take in what all hunters have to take into consideration in the whitetail world is, you know, obviously you look at, you know, food, security, and water. And in those areas, as you set up your property to hunt, whether you're hunting public land or you're hunting private land, you have to pick your spots where you know are good travel corridor for deer, where a mature buck, if that's your intent. And I know in the industry, there's a lot of people you know, it's the big movement, obviously, of growing big deer, right? And, and you know, harvesting mature deer. Um, and the nice thing about our synthetic attractants is that they work on small, medium, and big deer. Um, and, you know, if you have a goal that you want to harvest a mature whitetail, a, a record book, a trophy, you know, a wall hanger, um, your goal is to pick a spot with a tree where you're going to make a mock scrape that that mature buck is going to feel secure and comfortable. He's got good close security cover, or it's a natural funnel where he's going to be traveling in the fall to pick up obviously the scent of estrus does. Um, And you spray with our forehead gland, you saturate the licking branches thoroughly um, and that attractant will immediately start working. If you, you know, if anyone is looking and, and saying, okay, they they're hearing, um, obviously our conversation through your show and they say, okay, I want to find out more about it. If you look at our Facebook page or our website or our Instagram stuff, we're constantly uploading videos where, and what we tell people is that our trade shows or, or consumers that call or, you know, through our TV, you know, sponsorship shows, Hey, listen, set your trail camera on video mode, literally go out and spray our product. Okay. So you have it date and time stamp. So, you know, when you did this and then you leave and literally we just, I had a great conversation with Mark Heck from the given right TV, which is one of the TVs with Kenneth Lancaster that we sponsor. And he just called, we're, we're a new sponsor to them. He was a little bit unaware of our products and he called me the other day and he was through the roof. And I said, what's going on? He said, we just checked our game cameras from a few weeks ago when you sent your first product to us. And he's like, we thought you were crazy saying now here in Iowa in February to go make mock scrapes. He's like, we were like, no deer is going to come use this stuff. And he's like, literally not even you know, 30 minutes after we put your forehead gland out and the pre-post out, we have bucks marking these scrapes and overmarking these scrapes and, and socially coming there. And it's consistent in the dead of winter in Iowa. Um, and that's the reality of the power of a synthetic attractant. Yeah, Scott Wiseman of EP Adventures TV, another show that you work with. Absolutely, yeah. He absolutely raves about this stuff. He was telling me, we were talking on the phone the other night, and he was like, you've got to get some. And he says, he said, you could go spray it on a fence post that a deer will come in and check it out. Yes. And Scott is a great guy, obviously, great show, great hunter. We're proud to be sponsored, sponsor of their show. We're proud to work with them and, and to all Michigan hunters. I mean, Michigan is the heart and soul of buck fever. I mean, that's where it was originally created up around the Traverse City area. Obviously, it was originally known as hog synthetic sense back in the 90s. It had a great following. We still have a tremendous cult following. There's no doubt, you know, the birth and the soul of, of buck fever synthetics is in Michigan and with the Michigan hunters. We do more sales currently. <clears throat> 
in the state of Michigan than anywhere else, people consistently ask by us by name. And that's really, you know, that's why we're thrilled also that you're having us on the show to, to spread our name and to spread the word, because obviously as CWD is progressing here, more and more states are outlawing the real stuff and people are looking for a legitimate quality product that does what it's advertised to do at a fair and reasonable price to the hunting community. And that's really one of the things we're so proud about is we feel we offer that. We feel it's a hundred percent legit. The stuff works. We have video testimonial, you know, we have customer testimonials. We have, you know, like Scott and Troy Pottinger and others that have been using it for years. And now we're so thrilled to be able to have new hunters and new people such as yourself talking about it and spreading the word because it's beneficial to the hunters to help harvest the animals they're looking for. And obviously it's purely synthetic. So it, it takes out any of the issues with the current uh, urine debates across, you know, all the states that are illegal, making, you know, real urines illegal. Yeah. They've gone from little to no bait piles, you know, basically no more of the real urine products. I mean, they're coming down very hard on all these items. And as a synthetic, you're in the perfect spot being not familiar with it and talking with scott he just he couldn't say enough he goes you should see the game camera pictures that i get i'm real excited to to learn more about this and on top of deer you don't just stop there if somebody's listening to us in idaho or montana or colorado yes there's white-tailed deer there and they certainly should be using this to try to get it going but you got elk bear moose and my favorite hog yeah that's the reality of it too and and a lot of people and i guess that's one of the things that as a company we're also trying to really you know make people distinctly understand a lot of people refer to us as a, a deer synthetic urine company we're really not we are a synthetic deer attractant company and as you just said we are a synthetic bear attractant a boar attractant a moose and an elk attractant our formulation is so unique and one of the biggest questions i get in, in all the systems that we have is i'm constantly told by people that will crack our bottle open and, and you know smell it is wait a minute this doesn't smell like estrus or this doesn't <laughs> smell like buck buck rut urine or this doesn't smell like doe urine. And ideally, it, it's not supposed to. I mean, I get our customer service line gets more calls, you know, and myself personally, I get more questions asked of me uh, is when I opened your bottle of pre-post attractant, it doesn't smell. I think your synthetic's gone bad. I want a refund. And the reality of it is it's not bad. And again, the, the industry for so long and the human aspect of hunters is, you know, we think our noses, like certain things, we're conditioned to believe that, hey, something has to smell like a 20-day-old urinal in the baseball stadium that has never been cleaned by an employee and there's, you know, human urine stuck in it. And you walk in and you smell that. And, and you know, we think when you open a bottle of deer attractant, it has to smell the same way or it's no good. And the reality of it is, is a deer doesn't smell per se, chicken noodle soup, right? I mean, if, if you and I came home today and it's a cold day here, I know in Western New York, I assume it's cold in Michigan today. Yes, sir. You know, you know, somebody's cooking homemade chicken noodle soup and you walk in from the outside, perhaps hopefully shed hunting or, or you know, trimming apple trees or whatever we're all doing in the industry at this time to get ready for this next season. And you smell chicken noodle soup when you walk in. You know, it's great. It smells delicious. Well, if a deer was to walk in to your kitchen, the deer would smell every component of that chicken noodle soup. They smell the celery. They smell the onion. They smell, you know, the, the chicken itself. They smell the noodles. They smell the broth. I mean, what every component you were to put in that, that's what deer smell. And in our attractants, there's multiple components that attract them and make them do this deer social behavior that gets them to interact in these mock scrape setups. And, and that's 
same as what the design is of the other products that you just mentioned also. And that's the key part is for us is, you know, we really want people to understand like, yes, our attractants smell different and we tell people, but don't judge it because you take the cap and the seal off and say, oh, it doesn't smell bad. Therefore, it can't work try the product. I mean, if I, if I, in my marketing budget, if I had enough money in this company to be able to give a sample to every hunter I interact with and say, just try it. Cause I know you'll buy more from us because it has proven results. It works, even though it doesn't smell like a particularly strong estrus or particularly strong rot. Like our, our rutting buff formula is kind of the anchor also of the three main whitetail products that we were talking about there, Jason. And the first two really, you can use them year round. Okay. The rutting buck formulation for us is a buck attractant that stimulates both mature buck activity, as well as also estrus doe activity because of the chemical blends that are in the synthetic and the, the different ingredients that we put in it. And the best way I can kind of explain this is if you're conditioning your deer, if you're making, you know, like I said earlier, I was, we're, we're, I was out freshening up mock scrapes this morning and doing my camera inventories. If you are running our system throughout the year, and that's what most hunters don't know. People are like, yeah, you're crazy, you know, that you're going to go out and use this synthetic attractant now in March or April. But all you're doing is consistently communicating with your deer that there are other deer in the area. And we kind of, we throw it out there. It's often like, what if you put a fire hydrant in the middle of a dog park? What's every dog in the park going to do? Exactly. They're going to go over and mark it. Yeah. They're, they're going to go urinate, urinate on it. Yeah, absolutely. Because that's the, the, the biology of animals. And for us with the white-tailed deer is they are slaves to their stomach. And so you have the food attractant part of this industry that obviously creates great products for hunters to help attract deer. But the other side is the biologic side of, you know, the chemistry and biology. As you use our product through the summer, you're getting deer that are conditionally coming to these areas. So as you were saying before, you have your piece of land, you pick where you know potentially you want to harvest your deer. Now, obviously, you have to be a good hunter in, in harvesting large deer if you're going for your trophies. If you're picking an area that has that safety and security, you have to take into consideration your winds and your thermals, the primary wind direction, where you're putting your stand, and then where you're picking your, your, your mock scrape site. So it's not necessarily... You know, you can get, obviously, there's different level of hunters. Some people just want to dump it on their boots and walk in and sit on a tree stump, and hopefully a deer smells it, walks down the path, and they get to harvest it. And then you obviously get your diehard hunters who take into consideration every little thing and say, well, if my stand is here and my mock scrape is over there where I place it, and I know where my primary wind direction is, and I know where my big buck is going to circle when he gets that you know, in the fall where he smells this and he can consistently comes in safely to this mock scrape. The part of our system is, is it's developed. So the deer have been consistently and constantly coming to that mock scrape area. And I have, you know, guys that have used this product for years say to me, you should see the scrapes in the, the and, you know, that I make. I mean, they're, they're huge. They're like a piece of plywood can't cover this scrape. The deer have it so opened up year after year after year, because it's just that community area where they want to come and they want to socialize. And then obviously for us in the fall, right? I mean, what, what's happening in a, a mature buck's body come September? I mean, you know, we look at anybody in the industry and obviously there's the famous individuals. And, you know, I often reference some of the, the more famous people in the industry because those are the guys and, and men and women who actually help teach me how to hunt because I didn't have a dad that did this. So I was an avid student of jury outdoors, right? I watched mm -hmm. everything Mark and Terry jury produced uh, the, the books I read them. I watched all their videos 
you know, you have certain individuals, Lee and Tiffany Lakoski, right? I mean, what they've done on their farms and whitetail freaks. And you look at all the, some of the big name people and how they actually interact with their deer and how cameras have led us to be where we are today with the, you know, most recent information. And for whitetails, they're constantly going to show up to these areas. But as a mature buck is hitting the fall, his testosterone level is rapidly increasing. And therefore, using our system, it sort of puts a mystery deer into that area because you have to remember, you've been using the formulation throughout the summer, and now it's getting to fall to hunting season. The deer are still doing their daily behaviors, but the does are getting more skittish. They're moving off green food plots come end of September, early October. They're starting to get more fall behavior patterns of the rut. But a mature buck and the mature buck that are on your private land that you're hunting or in the public land that you're hunting, they've visited these sites and they know there's a mystery buck there. They have never visually seen the mystery buck, okay, or the mystery doe with the the doe scent. They've just smelt them. And so as the testosterone rises and a deer's, you know, internal system a mature buck, who we all know, right? People say, oh, I use sense, but I, I get nocturnal photos only of those mature bucks. Well, right, because they're smart, they're aged, they're wary, they know. They're coming to these mock scrapes at night, and you're getting the photos and the videos of them. But the reality of our attractant is the, the mature bucks get so ramped up come the fall and the rut period, they can't stand to know during daylight hours that there is a mystery deer or a set of mystery deer or a set of mystery bucks that are there that could possibly be breeding their does during daylight hours that they've never visually been able to encounter. Because as hunters, we all know, right? When you're out hunting in the fall and you see a buck on a food plot or a buck in the woods and another mature buck comes, look at the posture of the deer, right? What are the what are the mature bucks do that we've all seen during the fall? Yeah, they start blowing up and looking to fight. Absolutely. Ears back, hair on the back, the staunch, stiff walk, the circling behaviors, it's all biology. And so that's where synthetic attractants really play into the reality of the hunting world is we're just mimicking social behavior that's already occurring. We're just allowing hunters with our products to take advantage of that behavior because mature bucks that are visiting these scrape sites, once you start adding our rut formulation, whatever time, whatever geographic region of the country you're in, whether it's South Texas whether you're in Georgia and in the southern United States, the northeastern, the midwestern, everybody's got a little different rut pattern. Obviously, our products are phenomenal in Canada, especially with the illegalization across the provinces of real urines. We have a tremendous amount of hunters that have used our products in Canada that love them. And they see, you know, the different periods of the rut. All of a sudden, you're going to get a mature buck who just, he just can't take it because of his testosterone levels that there is another buck or other mature bucks in his area that he visually has never been able to encounter and battle. I mean, that's what mature bucks do, right? When when there's more than one mature buck in an area or on a food plot and a hunter is sitting there watching, the bigger buck is going to come out and be more dominant. He's going to force those smaller bucks out of that area so that he has breeding rights to the does. And that's the key to our whitetail formulations through these three formulas and our upcoming estrus blend. And our um, we have another rutting buck formulation that is coming out that's more powerful in the attractive side of it that just really drives these deer crazy that they have to get on their feet during daylight hours because they just can't take it because biologically what's occurring in the system between the does and their estrus and the bucks in their testosterone. Oh, okay. So unlike where there's a normal uh, traditional buck urine or doe estrus, you're trying to actually just take that particular scent product and just ramp it up to even drive the deers more nuts to make them come out. 
Yeah, it's it's a system and it's designed based on the total communication structure of whitetails and their social behavior and their community behaviors in a geographic, you know, piece of land and hunting land. And, you know, there's also the bonus, you know, because of it being a chemical attractiveness, any wandering deer that are being pushed out of other areas or bucks that are traveling corridors during the rut, the scents are so powerful that they're going to attract the new deer. Because people always ask me that, like, okay, you got it. It sounds like you got a good story and a good system for your resident deer but what about the bucks that are traveling what about the mature buck that just happens to go on a hike you know in search of does and we see that and we have the ultimate understanding through our cameras and our pictures we have and i have so many consumers and i'm so thankful and i i I, you know this none of this is possible without the hunting community and the consumers that buy our products and and a big shout out to those people that have already believed in our products and purchased those products from us because we know through their testimonials, the pictures that they're sending us on Facebook and Instagram and on our emails that, hey, look at this. I Look at this mature doe I have bedded in the scrape. We get that one all the time saying, hey, this doe is literally bedded in my buck fever scrape. Like what's going on with it? Like, why is she there? Well, because our formulation stimulates when the does that they believe that whatever buck is leaving this scent in that scrape and on that licking branch is the most mature buck, right? And I, I kind of laugh and I joke, my wife always gets a kick out of it. And my wife's a hunter too and all my kids hunt. And I always say to my wife is, yeah, I mean, basically our attractants, this is like putting out there, you know, the super NFL or, or local fireman who is ripped with the six pack abs. It was the most physically fit buck in the area. And that doe naturally through biology, she wants to breed with that dominant buck. So she's waiting in that scrape until she physically can meet that buck and you know breed with them and so literally it's you know so some people say well hey i don't you know geez we don't really care about antlers we're kind of the in the harvest side of this for the meat and and we want to eat it absolutely you know so it's this is attracts does if you're doing your doe management i mean this is not just a system that allows you to kill dominant bucks it covers the deer of all across the spectrum, you know, everything from does to, you know, if you're just, and you're taking a kid and want a great experience and you want your children to see great deer interaction, hunting over our mock scrapes using our system allows all of that. I mean, that's the bonus of it being a synthetic attractant and what it mimics. Oh, interesting. Troy, if I have a food plot, let's say I have a limited piece of property, but I know that it's a corridor from say a bedding area to a bigger food area. And since I'm limited in size, I'm only going to put a small one acre food plot. That's let's say that's all the room I got just enough to get them something to stop and eat on their way through to the bigger area. Yep. Would I look at making one really good scrape on this where all the deer come to this one scrape? Or are you a believer in putting a couple scrapes around it just to try and stimulate more activity? Activity or how does that work? And that's, that's a great question, Jason. There's so many different thoughts and beliefs and, and sort of everybody's got a different perspective on it, right? I think you have to take into consideration of where you're hunting, what your deer density is, what are your deer numbers? Are you doe heavy? You know, obviously, if you're following the QDMA sort of, you know, policy as far as getting your deer numbers and check and keeping your deer herd balanced. If you are in a heavy deer density population, and if your population is unbalanced and it's out of whack on that food plot, I would say a couple of scrapes because you have more deer that are interacting and more deer that are consistently moving and traveling and over marking and over scenting these. 
So you're going to get more stimulation because you have more deer, so therefore you have more scrape. If you are in a low deer density, and we have good friends of mine that live up in northern New York, up around the Ogdensburg area, uh, the Potsdam, Canton, you know, right on the Canadian border of the St. Lawrence River, it is big agricultural, it's big country, big tracts of property, low deer density. And so my friends up there that have been using the product, you know, I tell them, hey, on that food plot, you, you particularly you only want probably one mock scrape that is a community scrape because you're not dealing with a lot of, you know, deer in the area anyways. And that one scrape is going to become that social communal spot where they feel safe and comfortable visiting while they're there getting a snack to eat. You've got the food plot in, possibly if you don't have a food plot and you can find where the deer are traveling, you make a scrape up, you make a mock scrape and you let those deer come in. And I guess really, like you said, anything that will stop those deer, bring them in, make them congregate there for a while, even if it's just moving through a spot that they go, man, I've got to go back there and check out because there's some buck around here that I, I got to figure out how to fight him and I can't ever find him. Yeah. I mean, and that's, that's it. The, our forehead gland originally, when this was hog synthetics back in the the late 80s and early 90s, when it was hog synthetics, the forehead gland was actually called deer stopper. And they named it that way because it literally stopped deer that were coming by. I mean, they have to smell it. Every bit of what is in our attractant to attract these animals is scientifically designed and developed to work off the natural chemistry and biology of these animals. They have to come visit. What it mimics and creates for them is they're going to come by, they're going to stop. One of the questions I get just all the time is, is, will your product scare deer? And we always say, obviously, no, there, there's absolutely not a single thing in our product that is there that would scare a deer. It is all stuff that's ingredients that is designed to mimic that social and communal behavior and or track. You might have, and I've, I've had you know consumers tell me, well, first put it out. I said, I saw the does, you know, some does came right in and they urinated. Some bucks come right in. Like I said, you know, earlier, Mark Heck was talking about, holy cow, I can't believe how fast the bucks came into it. You have other people say, well, you know, the mock scrape I made, I noticed the deer were a little hesitant. They were a little tentative around it. They approached it with caution. Well, sure. Okay. Because what you're doing is you're introducing that mystery set of deer to that area that they don't recognize and they don't know. And, and, you know, you can draw the scenario of, you know, you walk in the house and you come home today and it's like, well, I didn't think anybody else was home, but seems like some stuff's out of place in the house and where there's food left out on the counter. And I wasn't really sure, but I thought when we left that we put everything away, you're caught. You're all of a sudden wary. Like, wait a minute, has somebody been in the house? Like that's not supposed to be here. It's the same normal reaction that deer have as the does and or the bucks get conditioned to our products. They definitely begin to realize like, yeah, there, there's deer here. There's just deer. I don't know, you know, and it's no different than living in a community where, you know, we were at the community basketball game last night and there's, you know, people there that you recognize that are your good friends and, and your acquaintances in the community. And then there's people sitting there cheering for your team. You look at it and you're like, I have no idea who those people are, but they live here. It's the same interaction with deer. Yeah, I can see if it's a even an area with relatively high density, they've probably crossed tracks with most of the deer in, in the size zone that they would go their whole life. And then all of a sudden, there's a new family in town and they, they can't find them. They can't ever see them. So it's got to drive them nuts. Yes, that's why. And that's one of the, the points that we talk about saying you don't have to wait as a hunter to run this system. You don't have to go into your local pro shops or your local retailers and buy this stuff in September and hold on to it till October, November. This is something, you know, we start, as I said, we start running it here 
most of my scrapes from fall and in New York, we, our deer season's over early, right? Our late muzzleloading season ends before uh, the Christmas holiday. We end somewhere roughly around December 18th, 19th ish. And so any of the scrapes that I had been working myself personally on our, our home farms, we basically haven't freshened those up since probably, you know, right around the 1st of December. My cameras are still active with deer visiting those scrape sites, even though I haven't freshened them up. We've had a hard winter. It's been cold, wet, rainy, snow. It's finally all started to go. We had a 60 degree day, you know, the other day, a bunch of stuff melted off, which is why today I went out and I regenerated those scrapes because I want to keep those deer coming. I want the, you know, I want that family, you know, for the resident deer that are actually out there to go, oh, wait a minute. I haven't, you know, really got a good whiff of this neighbor in a while, but oh yeah, they, they must be back. We didn't see them today, but they must be back because now it's freshened up. Convincing hunters to understand that, you know, we start our scrapes here now in March. Um, a great time for many hunters because people might say, well, you know, we're not as diehard. We're not going to do that. But a lot of, you know, the whitetail hunters are also turkey hunters. So therefore, when the turkey season in New York, you can only hunt till noon. So what are guys doing in the afternoon? You know, some guys are taking a nap. Some guys are, you know, preparing dinner. But a lot of guys combine it with, well, they're at their camps. They're doing food plot work, right? They're gearing up. They're, they're tearing up ground, maybe planting seeds. They're fixing tree stands. They're cutting the shooting lanes before the foliage gets too thick for the summer up here. And that's what we tell people is, if you can, you know, start running your mock scrapes during turkey season, just make it part of your routine, you know, and put your cameras out. And most people are like, well, that's crazy that the deer aren't going to visit these sites during that time. Yes, they will. You're conditioning to do so. And you will be able to take inventory of your deer. You'll be able to watch your antlers grow. You'll be able to start to identify your target hit list bucks if, if you're hunting mature deer. I mean, it's all an aspect of it. And for our retailers that are listening to your show, this is a bonus to them is because, yeah, we're, we're trying to get the consumers in your stores earlier to buy this stuff. A lot of my retailers say, hey, I really don't want shipment to August. And I'm like, hey, have you thought about trying to put us out in May? You know, because realistically, and that's why we came out with our buck picks, which is our camera blend. And that's an earlier season blend. And it comes with an SD card, a class 10 high speed, high quality SD card. It's a great value package. Plus it gets eight ounces of our vanishing hunters set killer spray in it those you know that camera package is becoming a really hot seller with the camera market people because people are realizing hey you're getting a great value the retail price in the store is 25 dollars you know, you get an eight gig SD card. It's a you know high speed class 10. Normally it's 12, 13 bucks alone. Plus you're getting retail of 10 bucks of our branch action, 10 bucks of a four ounce bottle of dirt fusion, plus eight ounce of our vanishing hunter set killer. I mean, it's almost a $50 package if you bought it individually and you're getting it for 25 bucks at your local retailer. And we tell people, once you use it, you're going to come back to that retailer and buy the refills because the activity that you're going to see, like Scott was telling you about Jason is you're going to see it. It, it works. Yeah, a lot of the retailers right now will switch over to basically target shooting, tournament shooting, things of that nature. And the, the whole idea of hunting kind of falls out, out of the way because they shift their focus and they're not selling this type of product on a year-round basis. Yes, correct. That's really, you know, on a business company side of thing, obviously that's what we'd like to change in the re-education and help hunters become better hunters. And Scott's obviously helping tell that story for us. And Troy Pottinger is helping tell that story for us. And and, you know, once hunters begin to realize like, hey, I have a better chance 
of harvesting that mature whitetail. Because if you really look at our hunting community, right, how much time and effort and money do we spend to go afield? I mean, we put a fortune into our bows, a fortune into our range finders and binoculars, a fortune into our clothing, our food pot equipment, our seed, our fertilizer. I mean, hunters are all in people. We, we love this. But you're neglecting one of the basic mainstreams of your arsenal in the hunting time period, which is attracting and making these deer feel comfortable in a location where you then can harvest the deer of your choice of what you want, whether it's a record book buck, or obviously if it's a doe for the freezer, because you love eating the meat and that's, you know, pound for pound, dollar for dollar, ounce for ounce. And our attractants is, you know, our attractants are relatively inexpensive considering what you spend during your year on hunting. Our, you know, four ounce bottles, basically retail price is $9.99. Our eight ounce bottle is $19.99. We do sell off our website in the gallon, and I'm getting a tremendous amount of orders for gallons because consumers really know like, hey, pound for pound, dollar for dollar, ounce for ounce, if I buy a gallon of the stuff, I have it in bulk, I can use it as necessary. And it's the best price point for me to get it because you're, you're buying that larger quantity. But compared to dates where you can bait and you're dumping hundreds and hundreds of pounds of corn out when you're buying other food-based attractants on the market, you know, ours is a very quality product at a very reasonable price to help you do what you love to do, which is harvest the animal. We've covered the deer sense. Let's take a look just out of curiosity. I want to touch base on your other sense. Yes, absolutely. If I have the bear scent, let's say, and I'm, whether it be, I'm assuming that's legal Canada, the United States, you know, anywhere. If I take that bear scent, do I just drop some on the ground or do I put it on a log to get the bear to dig? So they keep coming back. What? How do you actually start a process with that? Uh, and it's a great question. And so there's, again, based on each state or province where you're hunting and what's the legality over, can you bait, can you not bait? Are you hunting a bear over a bait site that you're already using barrel and you have the bears coming in and doing it? Or like the state of New York, where we are, you know, where I live here in the Finger Lakes region of Western New York, we don't have a lot of bear. We have a few, but they just, you know, towards the south at one of our buck fever test farms uh, down on the Pennsylvania border, we have a tremendous amount of bear. Um, and we've had great success. We can't bait there. We can't use barrels, but our attractant is legal. It's not a food-based attractant, and it is literally a scent attractant. So it is designed to bring bears into an area. The chemistry of the blend is designed of the social and communal behavior of bears, okay? It also has some other ingredients in it that naturally make the bears more inquisitive. If you dump it or spray it on a log, they will eat the log, they'll tear it apart, they'll claw it apart, they'll rub you know, their, their hide on it and their fur on it, they'll roll in it. If you are at a bait site, you can use it to enhance that bait site all around the foliage or actually in the baiting barrel itself to help entice and really part of the odors that come from our bear fever really travel a great distance. So a bear with that phenomenal nose and that sense of smell are going to pick this attractant up from a long distance. And the inquisitive chemical side of, wait a minute, there's more to this scent than just what I'm smelling. I'm going to go investigate that. And then I'm going to go and I'm going to consistently keep coming back to investigate that because of the ingredients that we put in it, that kind of the same interaction that deer do, bear obviously have very similar. Okay, so it can be used to either enhance a bait site or just to create some type of a, an attractant to the bears to bring them in, if that's your hunting spot, or even if you just wanted to watch them or photograph them, it would work. 
Oh, absolutely. Without a doubt. And then is the same type of logic. Now, elk are communal. Elk wallow. I believe moose wallow to a certain degree as well. Correct. With your elk and your moose sense, are those really designed to bring bull moose in and try to compete over a wallowing site where they think the females are going to congregate? Yes. You know, both the elk and the moose, we've had, you know, great success with it. And and obviously, I mean, you're looking at states like, for example, Maine, right? Maine that have moose and have the ability to have bear and other big game species, as well as the Western states that have elk, but not just the Western states. I mean, I know a lot of hunters and a lot of people on your show, I'm not sure if they realize, but right, Kentucky, Kentucky has a huntable population of, of elk. So does Pennsylvania, you know, so there are Eastern states, if you're fortunate enough to draw a tag in those states and you're going after a trophy bull elk or if you're in Maine going after a trophy moose, they are designed, our our elk wallow juice is really designed around a walling hole and it has the stimulation as well as the odor attractant in it that is going to just literally during the rut period of the fall, drive these animals to come and, and be in those wallows, protect those wallows, you know, mark and overmark those wallows, be dominant around them show their dominance. Um, we have great video and interaction of bull moose just tearing up sites where they've used moose fever and same with the elk and those elk. And because of the chemistry of the blends, they will consistently and frequently show up at those sites, more so than if they were just passing through and there was no elk fever poured around the wallowing site. Okay. It's going to be something that is going to consistently draw them back to that wallow because of the chemistry and how the the synthetic attractant works with the animals. And what I put, you know, the elk fever or the moose fever, would I put those in the wallow on the brush around it or, you know, just put it everywhere? Um, the, the best usage is to sprinkle a little bit and spray a little bit everywhere around the outside edges. You can dump a little in the wallow, the, the outside edges and any of the vegetation or the outlying areas. And it's just, you know, it's going to have a very powerful effect as those animals come in to smell this and realize it and then just do their natural behavior and begin to obviously visit those areas. But yeah, it's, it's a great question, Jason, is we've seen the best successes when you use it all around the wallowing sites or any of, you know, potentially moose, right? You're hunting moose in big country. I mean, obviously elk too, but you know, moose in the swamps and the, and the bogs and the different areas and the regions where people hunt moose. If you want to attract bull moose and you, you continuously are using the product in a, a single location, you will draw moose in from miles. I mean, they, they have to come to the smell, you know, same with the elk. They're going to come to the wallows, but it's the smell and then the chemistry of it that keeps them coming back. Even for a new person to sense, it's you can't really use it wrong. No, no. I mean, it's it's vastly different. You know, there's a little more strategy, obviously, in the whitetail world than than these other you know products such as the the boar and the bear and the moose and the elk. You know, the whitetail is a little more sophisticated and, and consistent just on how we hunt those animals. But obviously, as far as the big open country in the mountains of of elk and and moose territory where you're at, you know, you can't use it wrong. Spraying it, just putting it out, just putting the odor in the air. And then as the chemical applies, whether it's applied to vegetation, branches, ground, dirt, water. And I think, you know, that's one of the aspects too, Jason, I, I guess I should, you know, tell your listeners is our product is unique. Okay. Because when you dump it out, if it's in a dry area, our products crystallize on the ground. Okay. They don't 
don't dissipate and filter through the soil or the vegetation like natural urine and other scent. Most stuff, right? I mean, if you know, if you know, you're a hunter and you're out in the woods and you have to go to the bathroom, okay, you go to the bathroom because I have a lot of hunters tell me, well, hey, I, I urinate right in the scrape. I use my urine. Yes, correct. But human urine, again, as well as real urine, urine breaks down rapidly, which is why people say, oh, it doesn't smell like it's real buck rut urine. Well, right, because what humans are smelling with our noses, we're smelling rotten urine. As urine breaks down, the ammonia potency gets much stronger, right? I mean, any of us who, who have children know if you have kids in the house and, 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 you know, I have teenage boys and they go in the bathroom and decide to, you know, pee in the toilet and they don't flush for a day or two. And then my wife and I walk in there for something. It's, oh my dear God, right? Like what, what's wrong with you kids? Flush the toilet. That's urine breaking down. That's spoilage. Our products don't spoil. They maintain their same synthetic consistency throughout the period, whether they're in our bottles or you dump them out. So as you apply this, it crystallizes in dry weather. Moisture actually helps to reactivate our products and makes it fresh, which is why in our whitetail system, when the bucks are visiting, if you go and some say, well, hey, I'm, you know, I'm only at my hunting site once every maybe once or two weeks. Like how much do I have to use and how, do, how much do I freshen it up? Well, you know, in reality, like anything else, I mean, it's no different than drinking a cup of coffee, right? If you have one cup of coffee this morning, like it, it helps you out a little bit, gives you a little caffeine boost. Well, if you had four cups of coffee, you're going to be boosted a little more. The more of the products you use, obviously, the more beneficial because the more you know potency of the, the uh, chemical synthetics that are at work. But the reality is, if you go and you make a mock scrape and you don't come back for two weeks, okay, because our stuff doesn't dissipate in the soil and filter down through it like natural deer urine, if you get a buck that's showing up, when he smells that, it smells relatively fresh to him. So what's he think? He thinks that mystery deer has shown up and he's missed them. He hasn't seen them. So it's good. that's why it works to continuously make these deer visit these sites is because if a, if a natural mature buck says, hey, he comes to the scrape once a week and urinates in it. By the next week when he comes back, his urine's all gone. It's dissipated, it's filtered out, the rain has washed it away, whatever you know, mother nature does to it. But when he's smelling our attractant, it's relatively fresh, making him think that other mystery buck has been here and I have missed him, which is works into the whole scenario I gave you earlier about obviously, you know, getting them on their feet during daylight hours during the hunting season to harvest them. So our attractants, they crystallize in dry weather, which is why it's great, especially for our, our boar fever in the southern states, right, where it's hot. Our products also don't spoil. Unlike other real stuff that you're buying that is a, more expensive than our product, once you crack the cap on that, okay, and the reality for, for many real products is by the time a hunter is actually getting to use it in the field, it to some degree has already spoiled and gone bad, okay? That's just a natural breakdown of real urine. So, I mean, it's, and, and again, I'm no, I, you know, I don't have a PhD in this, but the people that do that I've consulted and have worked on our products that have explained it to me over the years and, you know, have said like, and, and it's just research. I mean, just get hunters to go do your research. You can research it and you can understand it. You know, they all have a place in the industry. Um, the real stuff absolutely has a place in the industry and it's been a phenomenal product for many companies out there and it, many hunters have harvested a great deer over it. But people have been wary up until this whole CWD phenomenon about synthetics, but also synthetics does have a, a place because their legitimacy of what they do and how they're created and how they work. And so for us, the fact that our stuff never spoils, because people at the trade shows, I was at NRA Great American Outdoor Show in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, right? The largest show in the, in the old Eastern United States for outdoorsmen and women. You know, I was selling the scents and people were like, wow, you know, geez, I don't want to buy it now because it'll be bad by fall. It, no, it, it doesn't. You know, the lifespan it, we haven't seen in our tests 
over a period of more than five years, any breakdown from the original formulation when it's formulated in our manufacturing process. Heat and cold don't affect it. You know, Southern hunters that, you know, want to put some out and they leave it in the truck and it gets to a hundred and some degrees in the backseat of the truck, it's not going to affect our product. It's not going to make it bad. Your investment is solid. Oh, interesting. So let's jump over to to my favorite for a moment, which is this boar fever. Yeah. And I say favorite because I love to hunt hogs. I, I haven't tried the boar fever yet, but I'm going to. I'm going to be headed to Texas in a while and I'm going to take a bottle with me because it doesn't generally take much to get hogs to root once they smell something they like. Yes. And it will keep them coming back to that designated area where you can continuously hunt them. We, throughout testing in in multiple southern states, have had really great success with the boar fever. With it, I I do want to point out to many of our southern listeners and our southern hunters or even northern, you know, people that go to the south to hunt a hawk. You know, we've seen in our testing, and everybody has different results, we've seen better activity as long as you keep it away from, per se, a bait site of maybe a feeder with corn. I know in, and obviously in Texas and in Florida and other southern states where you can bait and many people run corn feeders and the pigs obviously come to those areas to feed you know daily we are because of the rooting behavior you want to put it in a moist wet you know somewhat damp area because that keeps the scent active consistently and that's what the the you know the hogs will come in to really root up that area consistently because of the moisture because that scent consistently stays fresh and, and people ask me all the time like how long do your scents last like how much should we buy how much should we use and it's like anything else i mean the more you buy and the more you use the more activity you're going to see it's the same as you know drinking four or five cups of, of coffee for a caffeine if you know you are how long does it last in the soil well it's it dries and it crystallizes when it's warm. It reactivates with moisture. If we get heavy rains, okay, eventually, because it's a chemical solution, it will eventually dissipate the scent and the odor and the power of the attractability of it, which is why, obviously, you know, you'd want to refresh it after heavy rain, after snowfall, you know, after issues, you know, where you know over a given certain amount of time, any chemical solution is eventually going to dilute, right? And so, you know, you have to kind of base it. We've had, I had a very good friend of mine who was a huge disbeliever in buck fever. And, you know, it took a lot of convincing and a couple of free bottles to give to him to say, hey, listen, just give it a try. He went uh, here this past fall, and for anybody that's in the north, you know, this past fall hunting season was pretty much a washout for all of us. I mean, just the rains were constant, right? He went down, he put the buck fever out, he put it, he did it, like I said, with the game camera and the video mode and all the stuff on it. And then five days, five straight days after he did this, it rained, just torrential rains here in the northeast. And he just literally was like, I, I just... I'm sorry to ask you, but I'm going to need a couple more bottles because he said, I just, it went to waste. And I said, no, just give it a chance. I said, you know, when you go back down, check your camera and look at the activity. He went down eight or nine days later to his camp. He pulled his cards and I mean, he called me as giddy as a little school kid. Like, I can't believe, look at seven days after these rains, look at the activity of these bucks working these scrapes. He's like, your stuff didn't wash away. He's like, I've never seen that. And obviously I get very passionate telling the story because that's the reality of our product. It, It will stay even in torrential rains. It will last a lot longer in comparison to natural stuff that's out there yeah i was thinking as i'm looking at this boar fever so you you said through the website you can buy you know by the gallon and at 190 bucks let's just say with some shipping on there that is a heck of a lot cheaper to set up to actually take down feeders and set up two or three wallow spots and just keep refreshing those is a lot cheaper than having corn thrown twice a day 
Absolutely. Yep. And that's where we're starting. Thank you for making that point, Jason, because we're really starting to get hunters that are crunching numbers and starting to look and say, you know, and honestly, the effort of right hauling in a couple gallons of boar fever versus hauling in 500 pounds of bag corn, you know, and filling a uh, filling a feeder and going through the physical activity. And, and like all of us, right, we're, we're all busy. None of us have enough time to be in the outdoors and do all the projects that we want to do. So for guys that are going and they're sneaking in, you know, my vice president of the company and business partner, Rick, just actually was down hunting Osceola's in Florida and on a lease that we have down there. And he you know, was really has put the boar fever to a test over the, you know, the last couple of years since we got interested in looking at this company and, and being involved in it and acquiring it. And so for him, he just is as happy as can be. I mean, they shot a bunch of nice hogs and he just said, it's crazy. They just have this whole area where he made these rooting sites. They're just destroyed. I mean, it's their mud pits, uh, you know, and, and the hogs just keep coming in. And he said, you know, we didn't even refresh the site for like three weeks, you know, because obviously traveling back and forth uh, between Western New York and Florida, it's not always easy to do it. So he did take more product down. He refreshed the site. And again, immediately, you know, the pigs were showing up. And so pound for pound, ounce for ounce, gallon for gallon, dollar for dollar. Yeah, it, it's it's very attractive to hunters in the South. And you can find our products, you know, we, we are yeah, as an emerging company and emerging, you know, name in, in the synthetics for quality, we have tons of different shops that carry us. And obviously the bread and butter of the outdoor world is the mom and pop shops that allow us, you know, to place our product in their stores. Um, and we, we certainly welcome dealer inquiries from Southern states. We have, you know, if you're looking for the boar fever currently now, and you're in the Southern states, especially Texas, select Walmarts are carrying our product, which was, you know, we're, we're very supportive to try to get the product out there and thankful that Walmart was willing to put it in as a test product that people can easily find locally in their communities, as well as other sporting goods stores. I mean, we're working with some of the other big name, you know, retailers in the South, uh, the, you know, people in the industry obviously call the big box stores, you know, to sort of get our products out there. So they become more mainstream and they're easily accessible to our consumers rather than just buying them off our website. Um, and, and you certainly, you know, if, if you can do the company a favor, if you go into a mom and pop shop, or if you go into a big box and you don't see our products, it's just the power of asking, asking the manager, asking, you know, the sales associate to mention to the manager, because that's, you know, in the industry, it's hard to get into these different retailers and it's hard to get into these different stores and they have to have products people want. And so we're trying to drive obviously our name by our demand from the quality of what the consumers are seeing. And the consumers obviously can help themselves out and help us out by making it easier accessible to get our products you know, through their local stores if they if they ask by name. Every store is wanting to sell more items. They have a section of scents. So to get a scent that works and to get a scent that they can see by looking at your different pro staff people's areas, that's just amazing. And we haven't covered, there's one product category I left off the table on purpose because I wanted to, to go to that one as a separate item. And that's the actual scent elimination that you've created. Yes, the Vanishing Hunter. Yes, you're not just vanishing hunter if you're into sports or fishing and the one i thought was really interesting was the vanishing tactical which really has a unique place if you're in the law enforcement field or anything of that nature absolutely i mean the vanishing product across all the different you know named lines that you just gave some examples of has been a, a really a huge hit for us it's been truly successful one and it's just simply put our product works it neutralizes odors. It is 
and men and women both in the field, law enforcement, uh, athletes that we've given product to or they bought our product, our testimonials, people are like, wow. I mean, I know personally, right? I have three teenage kids, all that are active sports players. My daughter and my two sons are lacrosse players. Um, and there's nothing that smelt worse than lacrosse equipment and, <laughs> and hot days, you know, contained in bags. And, and literally, you know, we have it by the gallon in the garage and I make the kids when they come home, I'm like, spray your gear down, spray your bag down, you know, spray your cleats down. Nobody wants to smell that odor. And it's, it works, you know, and obviously as they wear and they sweat in those products again, over time, the, the bacteria builds up and obviously the odors build up and therefore you have to neutralize them again. So, you know, it's not, there's no miracle to it of like, Hey, it's one spray and done and it's odors wiped away forever, but it is, and it does neutralize the odors for a, a long time. And I think the people that have used it, we've, you know, grown our marketability over the last year as sort of a, a really to take this company out of Michigan as far as knowledge of it and understanding of it and use of it. And, you know, people in Michigan have been such diehard users of the products for years and they know how great it is and they tell their friends how it's working. And so obviously in our branding and marketing strategies of, of growing this, when people use this, they say, I, this is a phenomenal product and it's a product that's safe for your skin. And that's, I, I encourage people to read the labels people of, of what you're buying out there. Read the labels. Vanishing Hunter is a spray. You can spray it directly on your skin. It's, you know, for the most part, and again, you can never say anything's 100% anymore for liability purposes of the company, but people have used it for years, um, used it tremendously amount on their skin, and it works so phenomenally well as a system to neutralize and create a barrier on your skin to not release odors that spook game animal, okay, as well as neutralize odor on clothing. And it is, it's a fantastic product. I mean, people have had great success with it. Our testimonials on that are, are just through the roof of hey, I, I literally want to buy this by the gallon because it works so well. And the price point is a fair and reasonable price for the product you're getting. Right. And I was thinking, I'm sitting here looking at this Vanishing Hunter and thinking, okay, how many guys go out and do one of multiple things. They they gather up a bag of leaves and throw their clothes in there to let them sit. They're washing them in the washing machine, which I know lo wives love when they start bringing in the, the washing machine detergent that smells like dirt and all that stuff that they're using when instead take a shower, spray down with Vanishing Hunter, your clothes are in a bag that you've sprayed down with Vanishing Hunter. Put them on. Give yourself a little refresh when you get get to the site, and in you go. And it's that simple. Yeah, and it's and it's important. Obviously, I want to point out, Jason, that our Vanishing Synthetic formulation here is a non-toxic food grade formulation. So literally, you know, spraying it on your skin, we have hunters that spray it in their mouth. Now, obviously, you know, for, for the hunters that have used it or those of you that might buy it and try it. It's not flavorful. It's not going <laughs> to taste like mint. I mean, it's not a great flavor in your mouth that you enjoy, you know, you know but it does neutralize the odor. I mean, it, it acts phenomenally well. And, and like any product, you use in moderation. You know, I've had a couple of people say, hey, I, I use your Vanishing Hunter wipes and I you know, wipe my face every day. And if you're already prone to certain, obviously, eczema or skin conditions, you know, it, it does have somewhat of a drying effect on your skin. So, you know, using moisturizer at night and, and just being cognizant and healthy of your skin as a whole and the amount of product you're using over a certain amount of time 
if you're seeing any adverse reactions to it. You know, I'm a person who, you know, uses it daily during the hunting season and throughout the year. I don't have any skin allergies and I don't have any issues with it, but my wife who has skin that's a little more sensitive doesn't use it as much on her face because of the sensitivity she has. So, you know, obviously we want to put that out there to our consumers and our customers and your listeners that are buying and using it. But again, to pointing out, it is a non-toxic food grade synthetic that controls, you know, smells and odors. The simplicity of the use is great for people and, and just, you know, I mean, you dump, you know, if you if you bought four or five gallons of it and you take it in you, and you have it at your camp, then it's there. It doesn't take up the storage space of corn. You're not going to have mice and rats and other critters getting into it while you're gone. I mean, there's so many advantages oh, yeah. um, to using synthetics that, you know, that that's a big highlight that I, I truly want, you know, people to be educated and understand is because for, you know, 20, 30 years ago, obviously people didn't didn't want to talk about this. They they didn't want to talk about synthetics. Why would you use a synthetic when you can use a real thing? But the reality of obviously what CWD has caused the legislation. And again, you know, I, people will say, well, I, I, I'm a firm believer urine doesn't spread CWD. I, I understand that. And, and I, I'm a believer of that to some degree too. I mean, I don't think there's enough conclusive studies scientifically that absolutely show this. I mean, I have, I have good friends that own deer farms that bottle their own deer urine that I'm a consumer and, and user of. It's great quality product. And I have said, I, I know there's not these conclusive studies that's saying that, and there's some new science out there. But the reality is also is you're not going to change the politicians' minds. You're not going to change the legislators from passing laws, and you're not going to reverse the laws. Everybody knows once laws are passed, they're hard to get them reversed. Exactly. And so the, re- the reality of buck fever synthetics is we've created and, and you know are now emerging as why take the risk, you know, in many cases, why take the risk? If you're a consumer that you live in a state like Tennessee that just went 100% synthetic, why you can't take the risk of getting a ticket. You can't get, take the risk of losing your hunting license or, or having a hunting violation. So using a product that is as equal to the real stuff, or in many cases, maybe even better at somewhat of a reasonable or maybe even cheaper price point, why wouldn't you give it the opportunity? And that's what I would like to express to, to many of the people who have never heard of Buck Fever Synthetics is try our products, just try them. You know, You will see the results for yourself. If you don't, Obviously, you will move on and, and be a consumer of other products that you know that you've used that work. Everybody has to use what works for them. That's what we want. We're all hunters at the end of the day. We're all in this, you know, for the, the, the game animals and the respect of the game that we harvest and the means of how we harvest them. If you try our products and you use our products, you will become a firm believer, like Scott was telling you, like Troy Pottinger like Dylan Smith in Kansas, you know, and other pro staffers and people that we have that have, that they are so passionate. They stand so fully behind this product because of the success rate they've had with the product. And and that's simply, you know, if I can get consumers to purchase my stuff, put it out there, use it, see the results for themselves. I feel very confident. I will continue to have lifelong relationships with those consumers because my product is that good. I don't discount that in the slightest bit. And the cost of trying it is not huge. The cost no. of <laughs> doing it the wrong way can be exponentially, you know, up up until losing your hunting license, which is not worth it. No, absolutely not. Not in today's world. And, and again, time-wise and in ease of use. 
I mean, our products, you know, the fact that they don't spoil, there's no real chef life to them. If you don't use, I mean, many people say, well, hey, I opened the bottle of your eight ounce stuff and I only use four or five ounces. I got three ounces left. Should I throw it out? Because it's a year later. No, absolutely not. Go put it out. Yeah. It's just as effective as the day you open the bottle. You know, I, I had a gentleman, um, Virginia, right, is a, a synthetic only state now. I had a gentleman from Virginia this past fall call and unfortunately his shipment he he called and he ordered on a friday afternoon it didn't get processed till monday morning and this was during mid-november and it didn't get shipped until i believe tuesday afternoon therefore it wasn't going to arrive in virginia till friday or saturday and and by wednesday yeah tuesday or wednesday he'd called in and he was complaining to our consumer line of hey what's going on i, I haven't received my order yet and he's like i'm going to miss the rot and when i you know personally handled the call because he was an upset consumer and i want to talk to those people directly to make things right to them and explain things like why it was late or what happened i had a, and he, i said to him can i ask why you waited so late to order you're, you're worried about missing the rot why wouldn't you have bought this back in the summer and he said well i want the freshest stuff possible <laughs> And I, I had to explain to him, I said, sir, we're, we're a synthetic company. I said, the bottle you will be receiving was bottled about eight months ago. <laughs> I said, it, 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 it's not, I said, we didn't squeeze this out of a, out of a chemistry tube. I mean, and he laughed and he's, he, you know, again, he was an older gentleman. He said, well, I didn't really, he's like, I've used this product for years and it's so successful. I just always thought I had to get the freshest stuff. I said, no, sir, to, to ease your aggravation and frustration. I said, you can easily buy this next July and sit it in your hunting shelf. So you have it during the rut without any fear. It will be as good as if I send it to you in November. And that's just, I think one of the great attributes and aspects of our products is they don't spoil. Yeah. I mean, theoretically the guy, let's say he's got two or three blinds. He just put a small bottle in each blind. Absolutely. The time he goes and sits in his blind, he he sprays a little bit out there and then goes and sits down and he's he's good for, shoot, for quite a while. Um, With, without a doubt. And that's one of the things, you know, on our different test farms, and we also have a lease in Missouri that we're fortunate to have, you know, and really that's where for us uh, chasing the trophy deer is, you know, Western New York, we, we get good deer and we're getting better quality deer as more education is out there for hunters on, on private land that can do the food plot. But Missouri has been such a blessing and a huge shout out to Missouri and their Department of Natural Resources that run, you know, the deer herd out there. It's just a phenomenal state and it's a great opportunity. And for us, well, we on our lease, we have a couple of redneck blinds on it and we absolutely do. You know, we stock it and we leave the bottles right there so that in and out, as soon as we get in, we can juice up the mock scrape that's not, you know, 25, 30 yards in the, in the location from the blind and we don't have to necessarily carry the stuff in. And it's, it's economically, if, you know, if you're paying for the stuff, you can do that and, and leave a couple bottles and you're good. And our forehead gland is a general attractant as a whole. So because it's in a spray bottle, I mean, when I get in my blinds, I, I spray the forehead gland out the window of the blind. It also gives me a, it's a wind checker. And mm -hmm. I know the downwind, that downwind scent that's going to carry to those deer is going to make those deer inquisitive that they want to come out. So it's, you know, the, the forehead gland can be used. I know we didn't necessarily have a chance to talk about, you know, can people use these on traditional drippers? Can they use them on wicks? Can you put them on the bottom of your boot? Can you drag a drag behind you? Yes, absolutely. Yep. They're all attractants to will stimulate deer to a tracked and trailed the scent also. We've had many hunters use drags with our rutting buck formulation. I uh, had the privilege of hunting with Rob Gerstner from High Mountain Archery at his private farm out in Pike County, Illinois last year. And Rob's a friend that we've developed in the industry and he's on a, an amazing trek for, for world records um, of what he's doing. And he, there were some other guys in, in the camp that we stay at that are hunting the neighboring farms. And I introduced him to our product. And the one yeah, younger hunter. He was great. He said, "Well, I'm gonna put on a drag tomorrow. I'm gonna try it." I said, "Yeah, that'd be great." He dragged in, and at one, he he put it. He sprayed it on the bottom of his boots, and he walked in. And at one point, he had to step over 
a, a tree that was half fallen over. So he, he kind of jumped over and kept on to a stand in the dark because he was a little lost. Well, he took video later that morning of a buck scent trailing him. And literally at the tree, the buck lost the scent, but the buck ducked and went under the tree to continue to pick up the trail to look for because it. it was so powerful. Yeah. So, I mean, it was a great testimony. And unfortunately, you know, I, I wish his, his video on his phone was not of high enough quality. We could have loaded it on our Facebook or our Instagram page, but I would have loved to show that to show people saying, I mean, the proof is in, you know, the synthetic attractant, just try it. Well, Troy, this has really been interesting because I didn't know a whole lot about synthetics and their states what have we said, like Virginia and some of these other states have gone where you can't do anything but a synthetic scent. And many states are heading that way because legislators and, and if they hear stuff on the news like zombie deer, they, if they vote in anything that says no CWD, that that's what they're going to do. Anything to try and, and stop that potential scare they're, they're thinking is out there. They get a hold of it and it just makes these synthetics all that much more of a, a natural fit for what hunters want to do. And it makes it easier to use if I can go out there and not have to drag out, as we said, bags of corn or... You know, all sorts of other stuff. If I can go out there with a couple spray bottles, you know, once a month, twice a month, work my sights year round, and then come back in and make that part of my overall process, whether I do a, f a food plot or whatever, it just makes these synthetics that much more of a, an attractive option. And your website is filled with information about the company. You have blogs, questions, you know, the history, your different products. I mean, you really got a, a, a great option going here for the hunters to come in and learn. Yeah, and I appreciate that, Jason. And obviously through shows like yours, you know, spreading the word and giving that option and opportunity for most people. I mean, some of your listeners that, you know, listen to this and say, wow, I, I, I never knew of this company. I've never heard of them and are interested. Um, our website, we're going to continuously be upgrading. We do have a blog section and we're working on articles from authors in the industry. And we consistently will be putting up and loading, you know, different CWD articles up there. And again, the CWD dispute is a very touchy one. And I certainly understand that as a hunter, first and foremost, not just a, an industry business owner here. And, you know, if you are unsure of your game regulations, I, you know, I would tell consumers that are hunters. I mean, we get a lot of guys uh, at the NRA uh, Great American Outdoor Show in Pennsylvania. We're talking to many hunters and they weren't even aware that Pennsylvania has quarantined certain areas of the state because of CWD and the increase. Western PA, generally around the Pittsburgh area, had, I believe, a CWD when the report came out a year and a half ago there of almost 15 plus percent. And so they quarantined and made it illegal to use any natural urines around Western Pennsylvania. And now I believe there's another zone on, on Eastern Pennsylvania and many of the hunters there or the legislation they believe will be passed that, you know, Pennsylvania will be synthetic only very shortly. Vermont currently is, Virginia currently is, Tennessee just went, Alaska already is, many of the Canadian provinces already are. I believe the last I looked is there's 26 plus pending states that have legislation, you know, towards CWD and outlawing real urine attractants, um, making, you know, synthetics, obviously a, a rapidly growing part of the hunting community. So, you know, for sure, I have, you know, your listeners that want to check your game regulations. I know Michigan as a whole put a quarantine on it. And then there is obviously a big 
you know, one of the questions people ask me all the time is your packaging doesn't say you're ATA approved as many of the real, you know, urine packages now are, are saying ATA approved with a check mark. Um, no, we do not have that on our packaging. We are completely exempt from that ATA because there's no deer urine in any of our products. There's no real animal urine in any of our products. We were 100% synthetic. So we don't need that check mark. And we're still obviously legal in all those areas. Okay. So they can contact you through the website. Now the website is buckfeverusa.com. Hit the show notes. I'm going to have a link to the buckfeverusa.com, their Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook pages. And you can also access that from the website as well, but I'll have links to it to go out and, and check it out. There's some great stuff on the Instagram and YouTube pages and or through your website. And Troy, I, I really appreciate the time. This has been so informative. I, I can't thank you enough. Uh, Jason, the pleasure actually has been all mine and I can't thank you enough, obviously the shows and hosting this and and putting the word and the different topics that you cover in your show are phenomenal. You know, most certainly, obviously I I know, you know, you had the conversation with Scott at EP Adventures out there to kind of connect us. And I really appreciate that because again, a lot of people say they, they don't know our product and honestly, you know, helping spread the word and people understanding legislation and just helping educate people that there are alternatives that they can use that are quality alternatives. Um, I truly appreciated the conversation and, you know, I, I thank you for the opportunity. I look forward to talking to you again soon in the future. Yeah. Thank you very much. And, uh, you have a wonderful afternoon. I, I just, again, I thank you for the time and this has been so informative. So I, everybody should have picked up a good idea off of this. Yeah. Thank you. And for all of you that have any questions on buck fever, please feel free to reach out to us. I mean, we do get a lot of messages via Instagram or Facebook or our website or email in general. If people are looking to order, Jason, I should say that obviously you can order directly through our website or we do have a telephone number that you can find obviously on our our social media pages. And we do have, if you want a catalog, you can email the company, you can email orders at Buck Fever USA for ordering, or obviously you can call our our customer service or order online. I'll have that 800 number, the 888-282-5827 listed out as well. So if anybody wants to order directly, they just call right in and, and they'll be all set. Great. Well, we appreciate it. And again, thank you so much. It's been a great opportunity to share the Buck Fever story with you. And I know I look forward to talking to you again in the near future. Same here. Thanks, Troy. Yep. Come early spring, it's getting green. Fisher on the bed. And hear those turkeys gobble. Ring in my head. The winter rides bass boat. Here comes another year. Yeah, we command the outdoors around here. Oh, we command the outdoors. Yeah, we command the outdoors. Come summertime, we're feeling fine, fishing on the lake, flipping jigs in Carolina rigs, from early morning till real late. Bonfires on the creek bank, kick back a couple beers, yeah we command the outdoors around here, yeah we Yeah, we 
on the way Brushing blinds and deer stands The fever starts to creep Fill our freezers full of ducks Lots of tender deer Yeah, we command the outdoors around here Yeah, we Shells, boys. 